Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. Be sure to visit womenover70.com and make a donation, join Aging Reimagined Circle, and visit the Books by Women section. Invite us to conduct a workshop or speak to your organization. We share relevant clips from podcast guests and offer numerous numerous programs to enrich women's lives. Louise MSU Dewey, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Catherine and Gail. I'm so happy to be here. That's wonderful. So this Texas lady currently lives in the Houston area and is 76 and a half. A natural-born extrovert and salesperson, Louise Dewey found a profession she could excel at. When her husband died, she was only 44. It took her a year before she was able to get her life back. Attending her first networking event changed her forever. Soon, she was the queen of networking. She's had many titles in her life. Candy lady, queen of networking, lady farmer, and now Texas Lady Lou the baby boomer babe. Lady Loss was never a title she wanted. Slowly, Louise learned to ask questions, then listen, and suddenly she was back in the game. So Louise, welcome. It sounds as if you should really have the title Reinvention Queen. Well, I love it. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm one of those rare people who loves change. And usually people hate change, but I look forward to it because that's what my life has been about. And it's been a fun adventure, frankly. Okay, good, good. Still, will you tell us a little bit about how your life took so many different twists and turns and how you really think about them? Great, I would love to. I think the biggest change, of course, was when my husband died when I was 44 and he was older than I was. So we knew he'd probably go first, but we didn't think it'd be that quick. Anyway, I didn't know what to do because all my life I'd either been someone's daughter or someone's wife. Mm -hmm. And now I was just Louise and I didn't know who she was. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of women fall into that category because they tie their lives in with their husbands, their families and that type of thing. So I spent a year locked up in my home, so to speak, not knowing what to do next. And one day I had this conversation with the the divine, if you will, and I just said, I need to know what's next. I, I, I can die because I'm so lonely and so bored, or I can get my life back. And I have no clue of how to do that. So I let it go, just said, said that prayer, so to speak. And two weeks later, as I was bored reading the newspaper, a little item appeared about a networking meeting, a women's networking meeting. And I had never heard the word networking, didn't know what it meant. But the author was a lady from New York, Carol Hyatt, and she was uh, an author, spoke speaking probably about women in the selling game, which I had done all my life, or why smart people fail. And (laughs) I guess I had felt like I was a failure since I didn't know what I was doing anymore. So I forced myself to go to that meeting by myself, didn't have a clue what I would find. And thankfully, the women who were running the group 
were so kind to me because I know if they hadn't been kind and welcomed me, I'd have probably left. But I stuck around and I listened to Miss Hyatt speak. And she didn't speak on any of the subjects I had thought she would. She spoke about women getting out of their nightgowns. <laughs> Duh, that's where I was. I had just spent, literally spent a year in my nightgown because I didn't bother to get dressed. I wasn't going anyplace. I wasn't going to see anybody. So I just stayed in my my robe and pajamas. And I thought, huh, is this life? No. So that was my beginning. Louise, my- you, um, you, I know you were a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that job. You, you, um, you had several jobs in sales, I think. Oh, yes. I, I started out in cosmetics as a special representative for a large drug chain in the Houston area, training the cosmeticians and helping them with inventory and such. And then I went into several other little things. And at one one point, I became the candy lady, actually, the jelly belly lady, and sold candy for about five years and loved that work. It was so much fun. See, that was another one of my titles. Yes. And then uh, when I remarried to my second husband, the one who died, I was selling men's underwear and long johns and socks. And it wasn't much, it wasn't very exciting or very fun. And uh, then I started selling aerial photography to the farmers and ranchers in the Texas and Arkansas area. Loved it because I was raised on a farm. I could converse with farmers and ranchers. Made a bunch of money doing that, but it was strictly out of town all the time. I'd go gone for two or three weeks at a time, come home for a week, go out two or three weeks, come home for a week. And it got old. And then my husband got sick. And when he died, there I was. I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. I, just, I just cratered. for, And that happens to a lot of women because they don't know anymore. What am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? So you weren't, you weren't married too long either, were you? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That was a tragedy for sure. Well, I look at it now. I can, of course, look back and say it was probably the best thing that happened to me. Not that he died. I don't mean that, but that I got my life. I just I don't think I would have ever become who I am now had I not been single. Yes. It took a lot of gumption for you to get up and go out to a strange event that you really didn't know what what it was. And, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and and you're. I know you're an extrovert. That's that's <laughs> very clear. You're an extrovert, and and probably why you excelled at sales. And and uh, but you, when we talked, you told me you want to you want to help introverts. Yes. So, yeah. What did you mean by that? Well, introverts tend to sit back and watch, and listen. They are the best listeners of any of us. Extroverts are talkers. We have to learn to listen. And that was a big lesson for me. But the extroverts would just rather listen. And when I was the queen of networking, I taught business to business networking classes on how to network. And the introverts were the ones who usually showed up. Some of them were so introverted that they couldn't even stand up in class and say their introduction. Mm-hmm. And in fact, 
one young man was sent there by his company because they wanted him to start networking in the Hispanic community to build their business. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to sit in an office with no windows. He didn't care and just do what he was supposed to be doing on the computer. But no, they wanted him out there talking to people. He eventually quit because he did not want to do that. Mm -hmm. The company didn't understand that he was an introvert. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so totally introverted. There are introverts and then there are total introverts. The total introverts will probably never be people persons. But those who have a little bit of balance and can get out there a little bit and and at at some point can explain themselves and talk, they will make it in the networking group. Of course, the extroverts don't have any problem at all, but the introverts are tougher because they want to just listen. They don't want to talk. And that's what I taught. I said, all you have to do is ask questions. Ask the other person, you know, introduce yourself, say, hi, I'm so-and-so, what, what's your name? And they tell you, and what do you do? And then you just listen and ask another question and ask another question. And that way you're listening, doing what you do best. But the other girl or man is getting to tell you what he does or she does. Mm -hmm. And it starts a conversation. And if you're really, really lucky, that other person will say, well, what do you do? But so many times they didn't. They would just be on. They wanted to do all the talking. (laughs) The introverted person just has a tougher time getting into the world of people. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, exciting. Uh, how else have you used your extrovert personality to get along in the world? The extroverted personality needs to back off. So mm-hmm. many times we get into people's faces. And we were so excited about everything, especially things we do and want, want other people to know about us. But we have to start listening more mm-hmm. and just tone it down, if nothing else. And oh, yeah, instead of yay and waving your hands, because I'm, I'm a big hand waver. And that that turns people off a lot of times. So I've learned to sit on my hands when I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I've noticed that people can be, they can be very social, but at the same time, when it comes to talking about themselves, they just withdraw Yes, and find it very hard to, to share anything about themselves. And here's, I want to, years ago, I, I learned something about that. If you don't know an extrovert, you just haven't listened. And if you don't know an introvert, you haven't asked. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very wise. Right. Very wise. You know, when I first started out in business, I was frightened unbelievably of talking in front of a crowd or even at just asking a question. Okay. And so it took me, and I was a very social person. I probably was considered an extrovert. And it took me a long time uh, to, to finally understand what it was that was scaring me and I took some courses and all, probably a class just like what you taught. And then, uh, and pretty soon it got easier and easier and easier. And, you know, today people say, you, an introvert, you couldn't speak. How did that happen? <laughs> couldn't be true. <laughs> well, I hear that same thing about me because I've told people I was introverted years ago, but I really wasn't. What it was, was a lack of 
confidence or self-esteem. So I would hide behind my silence. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of us do that. No question about it. That's right. That's right. We have to gain that confidence in order yeah. to get up there. And, you know, when I introduced you, I said you were Louise MSU Dewey. What, what does the MSU stand for? Oh, I love that question. It stands for make stuff up. And I love to make stuff up. And that's where all my titles have come from. I've made them up. Actually, the queen of networking was made up for me by my friends because they said, I've been to so many networking meetings, they're going to start calling me the queen of networking. So I said, okay. (laughs) I even started a question about networking, if you don't mind. There's so many different ways to approach networking. And I'm wondering, kind of, how do you think about it? How do you create an environment so that networking is, is really possible for people? Well, first, the thing is that you probably should have a nice business that is worthy of networking. If, you, if you're a writer, an author, the thing you would be promoting would be your books, or if you were, uh, if you had products that you sell, then you'd be pro- promoting rather your products. So if you have something fun that people need to know about, of course, start networking. Let people know who you are, what you do, what you offer. But the main thing, again, is to ask other people first so that you get to know who they are and see if they might not even be a candidate for your products. And a lot of people forget that. They think, oh, everybody likes my products. No, <laughs> not everybody. So it's it's a give and take, basically, that, that people forget about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. You, you know, another title you had, uh, Lady Lou, was Lady Lou the boomer, baby boomer babe, right? Yes, that's the one I'm using now. Because uh, I wanted to help senior women, women 50 and up, because so many times they've either lost their job or they're retired or their husband's gone or they divorced. They've had some kind of a loss and they don't know where to go next. And having been through that when my husband died, even though I was only 44 at the time, I was still lost and there was nobody I could turn to. I I had grief counseling and that type of thing. And there was nobody to turn to that says, oh, I've been there. I've done that. I can help you get through this. Mm -hmm. But the main thing, so many people, after they've suffered a loss, they say, well, how long is it going to take to get through this? And that's not a question anyone can answer. Mm -hmm. If I had known it was going to take me a year of hibernating, I'd have been crazy. I thought, oh, I can't do this. But you just take as long as you need and don't let anybody tell you, well, you should get over it because that's not the key. The key is to work through it at your pace, take care of yourself, do what you need to do to get to the next step. And if you can find somebody who's already been there and done that, then you've got an ally who can help you say, well, maybe the next step might be thus and so, or had you thought about this one? And give them some tips and then let them decide. Never say, hey, you got to do this because nobody's got to do anything. So it's just just sort of somebody to lead you and give you some guidance and, and some a friendly shoulder to cry on if you need it. So how are you using 
the baby boomer babe. Are, are you doing something with that specifically to help people? Not yet. It's I've been writing my book, trying to get all of my story out there. Because if you don't know the story, you don't know why I am where I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in the process of getting my book put together, which will have the second half of it will be the steps that everyone, if they choose, could take to get through their own grief. And when I say grief, the loss could be a husband, a spouse, or it could be a child or the parents or best friend, or even the loss of a home. We've known so many people lose their homes to fire and floods. I mean, that's huge. When a woman loses her home, that's her nest. Sure. So it's it's a matter of knowing where the person's coming from first, what type of personality they are, the introvert or the extrovert, what their interests are, and then you can lead them gently into something that might help them. Mm-hmm. But they have to do the work. They what are is, responsible. What is the name of your book? I I <laughs> I've tentatively titled it My Story. It hasn't really formulated as to what the title will end up okay. being because it's so the the topic is so broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good for you though for writing it. <laughs> for well, <laughs> getting into it. Yeah. You 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 told me when we talked too that you had a video live stream show. What what was the purpose of that? Well, you know, they really didn't have a purpose. It just started out, excuse me, with a girlfriend who is very technical and I'm not. She knew how to run the uh, stream yard and the Zoom and all those things. And she knows I love people. So I got the, the wonderful part of finding guests to be on our show, to be interviewed. And she did the technology and put us on. We had a show. We started out seven days a week. We were going to do like a 10 to 15 minute shot. We couldn't keep it down to 10 or 15 minutes. It went to 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So finally, we stopped and went back to five days a week. And then we went down to three days a week because it was taking on a life of its own. And the people were just coming out of the woodwork who wanted to be interviewed. And it was great fun. We loved doing it. And we finally ended up just doing one show a week, which was fine because keeping guests going was is it was getting tougher because I didn't I used up all the people I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Did the show have a a purpose to it or was it just to find people who wanted to share their stories? It was just mainly to share people's stories. We didn't make a dime. That wasn't our intent. Our intent was to share other people's things and to help them with a foot up. And here's the strange thing about it. Most of the women mainly, and we did mainly interview women, most of them never did anything with that video. It just sat there on our YouTube channel. Oh, and they, mm-hmm. they never used it to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize it until toward the end that nobody was using it. So you did you start to teach people how to do that? We did for a little bit, but I had one lady I approached about helping her and she says, you didn't interview me. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were one of, she was like the fifth or sixth person we interviewed, but she already forgot. <laughs> well, uh, we, 
we did have a good time doing it. And I hope it helps some people. And I know it did. And we had some, oh, some beautiful guests, just wonderful people. I'm sure. I'm sure. And then now with COVID, what have you been doing the last two years? You retired your show. COVID is keeping well, we people from doing what they want. Well, we ended our show in May, the end of May of last year, 2021, mainly because I got tired (laughs) of doing so many shows and my health had not been real good back then. And I had to regain that strength. And uh, really what I've been doing lately is starting another business. (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning cryptocurrency now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) How are you learning it? How are you going about learning it? Well, there's an awful lot of videos out there and on YouTube and through different uh, sources that I have found. And I found some companies that I could join who help you learn. And it's just mind boggling what the cryptocurrency world is all about. And I had some years ago that I bought $150 worth and didn't know what I was doing with it, but I stuck it in a wallet and it stayed there for like seven or eight years. And when I checked on it just a few weeks ago, that 150 had turned into a thousand. <laughs> nice. I thought, oh boy, found money. Yes. So I decided to do some more searching and do some more learning and find out how I can make money because quite frankly, money to me is a a vehicle to help others with because I'm set as far as my retirement. I don't have to worry about paying a mortgage. My house is paid for. I don't have a lot of wants or needs. So my money is, is taken care of to take care of me. So the money that I would make doing anything would go toward building a business that would help others. Mm -hmm. So how are you thinking about life in the future? Oh, the future is so wide open. It's just uh, unimaginable in some instances, but it's so exciting to know that there are different things out there that I have not experienced, that I have not even known about, that are still there for me to discover. What? So, what are some of the some of the things you intend to discover? Do you have, well, a, do you have a plan? Well, not a real plan, but of course, being an author is new to me. Uh And also doing the cryptocurrency is new to me. And then starting a show of some type, a podcast or a live stream show, like I'm, I'm used to the live stream. So I would probably do that. And I would talk to women on that show on what they have experienced in their life, their loss, and see how we could help them via the the Zoom, if nothing else, because right now with COVID still existing, not people are not gathering like mm-hmm. they would ordinarily. Right. So Zoom has become a beautiful, beautiful way to help people. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. <laughs> That's really great. So so Louise, uh, when you think back to your younger self now. And all that you've been through, have you come, have you thought about what you might like to tell your younger self if you knew everything you knew now? Oh, boy. Good question. Well, my biggest thing would be to 
develop the self-esteem, the self-confidence that I didn't have as a younger woman. Because I just existed as a younger woman. I had no clue what the world was about. I was one of those people who was not awake, if you will. Mm -hmm. And once I woke up, things appeared that I needed to learn and to do for myself and to help others. So just to be more awake when I was younger to to the opportunities and the possibilities that uh, lay ahead. Sure, sure. Well, did you, could I ask, did did you, when did you wake up? Did that happen after your, after your husband died? Oh, definitely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have, I don't know if this is, if I should say it, but I will, because there's no holds barred, I'm sure. But when I was in my mid forties, after he had died, I started attending meetings that were metaphysical. I had never heard the word metaphysical before. And I, I became very fascinated with so much stuff. One of them was the Silva method. It's mm-hmm. a meditation. And a lot of people have heard of Jose Silva. And I actually got to train with him. He was still alive when I was mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. And then I became a, a certified hypnotherapist. Oh. The mind, the mind is the most powerful ally we have, or it can be our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And once I learned all of that, I was on a roll. I took all kinds of healing classes and learned how to do these things and how to help myself mainly. That's why I did all of them was to help myself. And then I could help others using the the techniques I I had learned. So that's when I woke up. Could you share with us some of those techniques? Well, the number one, of course, is the uh, going within Most people don't even know what that means because they've never done it. But if you've ever daydreamed, that's what it is. And Mm -hmm. I know all of us, especially as children, we daydreamed and we can daydream in the in the present, no matter what age we are, just kind of zone out and, and talk to whoever you talk to, your guides, your angels, the divine, whoever it is that you believe in. And it doesn't matter who that is because it's all different for some people. And I never say anything about who they worship or who they trust because it's their choice, Mm -hmm. but they have their beliefs and trust those beliefs and go within. And I used to say that prayer was for most people is say, oh, please, God, I want this. I want that. Please, God, help me do this. Please, God. And it was always begging Mm-hmm. Meditation, in my mind, is more about gratitude. Thank mm-hmm. you for what I have now. And this is what I choose to have in the future. And then go about getting it because the divine will teach you what you need to know and how to find what you need so that you can grow. Life is about growing and learning. And if you don't learn some lessons, you're never going to move. Uh, there's an old saying that so many of us are in a rut, R-U-T, and we all know what a rut in the road looks like. It's just a little narrow strip dug into the mud. Mm -hmm. Also, a coffin is with the ends kicked out is another term for a rut. (laughs) And I definitely don't want to be in that coffin. Right. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) No. That's that's what I want folks to know, that they can get out of that rut, but they have to do some work. 
And it's not always easy, but if they can find an ally to help, then that's what to do. Just ask. Mm -hmm. And you know what ask means, don't you? What does it mean? Well, if you take the letters ASK and stack them on top of each other, the A stands for ask and you shall receive. The S is seek and you shall find. The K is knock and it shall be opened unto you. Mm, I like that. <laughs> Just ask. Nothing ever gets given to you until you ask. Mm -hmm. Well, what a great note to end on. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Louise. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, uh, Gail and, and Catherine. This has been a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And listeners, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. Also, yes. our website, womenover70.com, and easily access all of our episodes. Become a member in the Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined Circle and enjoy programming beyond the podcast. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined.